Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's great to be here, Dan. All right, Chris, let's jump right into it. Um, here we go. We're at the end of January, and we've once again hit all-time highs. Um, and you know, so now I'm looking back over the last, you know, let's call it two years or so, um, thinking about you know, our discussions about bear market. Do you think that this was just a, a standard bear market, right? We saw a 25% correction. Uh, we saw a, a fairly quick bounce back, and now here we are again sitting at, uh, at new highs. I, look, I, I still think, as, I, as I've tried to describe it, is the world's out of balance. And so the initial adjustment really was repricing capital, pricing in more uh, fiscal dominance into the economy, which comes with higher levels of inflation. And so we saw that initial drawdown, and what we've seen now is just a little bit of a reciprocal bounce in that. Um, my own view is we're still out of balance. So we, if you think through inflation, inflation typically comes in cycles. So we had the first up wave of inflation. Now inflation's rolled over. And so the market is saying, look, we can bring down rates. We can bring down real rates. And we can go back perhaps to the world we were before. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Inflation is coming down aggressively. We've seen that in the data. That's not. That's no longer the issue. And so we've moved back up to the upper range. The other part of this is it's still driven by flows in liquidity. And liquidity bottomed in October of 22. Um, <clears throat> and with that, that's put a floor under the markets, and markets have moved higher. And we now have uh, the U.S., the EBC, ECB, the BOJ, and the PBOC are all boosting liquidity. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with why we've moved up to new highs. I, we're still, all of our growth is still driven by fiscal dominance. I mean, you can certainly see increases in activity around AI. We're still getting to the end stage of an industrial slowdown. But um, yeah, I think the standard bear market may apply to the repricing we saw in fixed income and in real estate um, equities. Let, let's see where inflation is in 25 and beyond before we declare victory in, in just a, two, a two-year bear market. Yeah, good. Um, and just talking about the markets in general again, you know, look, looking at the S&P and, and looking at the Russell 2000, right, we'll just use those as, as proxies for, for large and, and for small cap. Um, you know, the, the gap is still really significant. And, and this is even after we saw, you know, a roughly 15% fourth quarter rally for, for small caps. Um, you know, do you, do you think that small caps are being held down by rates? And, and, you know, if we saw a rate cut, would you expect to see small caps start to accelerate? So, I, look, I think the difference in the performance between small caps and large caps is, one, just the cap-weighted nature and who the leadership is in the S&P 500. And so you've seen uh, the largest tech stocks perform incredibly well for the last year, and rightfully so. Their fundamentals are incredibly strong. Um, there's no question that the higher cost of capital hurts small caps. And uh, when you look at earnings year over year, you know, Russell 2000 earnings are probably down so far 28% year over year. That's not the case with the S&P 500. So it's just a very different environment in a very different world. And yes, rate cuts may be on the horizon, but the market's already cut rates. We've already seen over 100 basis point decline in the 10-year, right? 
rates have been cut by the market. We saw a significant easing in financial conditions, which is why we got the fourth quarter cyclical rally that we did. So anything the Fed does from here is just going to follow what the market's already expecting. So, look, I, I think uh, we may get rate cuts. I think the 10-year at 4% is where it should be because it's either going to be 100 basis points higher or lower over the next couple of years because we're either going to tame inflation and uh, maybe have to deal with our structural deficits a little bit, which would put us at the lower end of that range. Uh, conversely, if you know we keep ramping up fiscal spend, uh, we may see higher inflation in, in the 10-year back at 5%. So I don't look to rate cuts to be a catalyst to close the gap. It's going to take a recovering industrial activity. It's going to take a, a uh, recovery in consumer cyclicals, all areas that are in and remain in uh, a bear market for their earnings. All right, let's shift over to earnings since yep. you're discussing it, right? So, you know, we're a couple weeks now into earnings season. Um, any any major takeaways, anything you point at so yeah, far? Yeah, look, look, the strength we're seeing in technology is really only related to the AI spend, uh, both with increased CapEx um, and the need for infrastructure being chip infrastructure. Um, and so that's where we're seeing the strength. Elsewhere, um, you know, we're seeing because we've seen such a significant decline in inflation, that is pricing power. So we're seeing margin pressures and we're seeing cost cuts, which is the natural evolution to any slowdown. You get revenue pressure. How are we going to hit estimates? We're going to start layoffs. And so they're not they haven't been significant, but they've been across nearly all the sectors we've seen layoffs uh, be announced. And so we're going to focus on cost cuts. As we've said, we expect a weak Q1, a weak Q2, and then more stability. So I, I think we'll be bringing down estimates, and then it's all going to come down in 24 to what's the inflection and in economic growth in the back half of the year. And that is going to have a significant impact on, on uh, the performance broadly, X, you know, the MAG7 that, that are driving the S&P 500. Um, and then let's talk a bit about GDP. So uh, we saw a pretty large boost to the fourth quarter GDP, um, and that came from a bit of an outsized decline in, in the GDP deflator. Does this change your, your view on, on inflation right now? It, it doesn't. Look, I think inflation has come down dramatically. I think a lot of the economic data that we are getting is still heavily influenced by uh, the impact of COVID and the seasonal adjustments and the influence that the significant volatility in economic data had in 20 and 21. So that's why we see as a big a gap as we do between GDI and GDP. It's why we're seeing uh, anomalies in and around employment weakness and other elements, and I think it's going to play through in inflation as well. So the data is going to remain volatile, and you're going to get these you know, unexpected significant outliers. And I think the Q4 GDP deflator was, was just another one of those. Look, inflation's falling. There's no doubt about it. But it, we're starting to stabilize. So we have base effects that have been a tailwind, and those start to ease. And, you know, as we get into Q4 of this year, um, there's an opportunity for inflation to tick higher. Um, there's a tug of war going on between uh, a very weak environment and 
disinflationary turning into deflationary conditions out of China and the rest of the developed world experiencing a firming of inflation fundamentals. So it's going to be an interesting Q4 on that. But I don't think inflation is going to be an issue for the first two or three quarters. And as I said, it's come down pretty dramatically. Um, all right, so this one's a little bit, you know, going to be further out in the, the in the view, but you know, it's 2024. We're we're in an election year, election year cycle. Um, if we're already starting to see some some pretty meaningful news that's coming out, um, political rhetoric, right? That's, that's starting to ramp up. And just last week, right? So we saw President Biden. He he announced a delay, um, an enhanced review process for for new uh, liquid natural gas export facilities. Um, prior election years, right? We've started to uh, see that elections were not nearly as important as the pundits would like for us to think. But do you think that the elections in 2024 um, will be a little bit different? Do you think they'll be significantly important for the markets? Yeah. Look, I I tend to not pay a lot of attention to the elections because, you know, both parties pull the same levers and, and play the same games. Um, and we're going to get the amped up rhetoric. I mean, the idea that we're not going to build LNG export facilities is just nuts. It's it's probably the most important lever we have for geopolitical policy. And we've held energy security over Europe's head for decades. So that's not going to change. So we are going to get amped up rhetoric. I think what's in it, what's important for the elections this year is really driven by the setup of the expiring tax cuts that expire at the end of 2025. I think, you know, if we if we end up in a gridlock, uh, which is more than likely the case, um, then those the, the path of least resistance will be that those tax cuts that will will expire. And that's important. That's a much higher corporate tax rate. Right. Um, and so I, they could be important to risk assets moving forward. Um, if we don't, if we really have to deal with our fiscal deficits and it becomes apparent that we're going to have to, you know, it may be the case that Congress says, look, you know, we're just going to let them expire and we're going to blame each other, you know, blame the opposing party for it. So I do think there's a little bit more importance as it relates to the market with this election. You know, regardless of what anybody's political views are, you know, the corporate tax rate's a, a pretty important element. Um, and if we don't do anything, you know, maybe it moves higher. And at the same time, there's a cap on the deductibility of interest as well. And we're going to really start to see the refis pick up in 24 and beyond. And if we don't fix that, you know, the, the cost of debt's going to be much higher for a lot of companies. So in that sense... What happens at the elections in 2024 really is going to matter for uh, stocks, for sure. All right, good. Well, let's uh, let's put a, wrap it up right there for today. So thank you, Chris. Um, good having you back, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services 
and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.